This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Put us in, coach. <laughs> We're sort of ready to play. This is uh, John A. Tate, and this is the Sporting Record. And uh, we've got a, a very musical show prepared for you this week. And James Tate's in the studio with me. Yes, I am. Howdy, howdy. Uh, M. Collard's not here. She, they're in uh, Singapore, I believe. That's right, Singapore. Which is a pity because uh, our special guest today is uh, he's got a bit of a history singing about rugby league and M's our rugby league expert. Yes. But anyway, uh, the 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 topic is more about cricket, so I think we can handle ourselves there, eh, Jim? Yeah, we'll be right. Uh, how about a um, acknowledgement of country? Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. On, on whose lands which we broadcast this program today, we'd like to extend our respects to elders past and present. We'd like to say that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Well done. Well said. <laughs> uh, so we're not as disorganised as we sound, just my microphone fell apart, and um, well, I think we're back together again. Got a bit of housekeeping from last week. Um, our guest last week was Mish Fornito, and, is on the show. and we had a great chat about um, about mainly her song, uh, which she did a, a, a new version of the Western Bulldogs theme song, but a particular version for the AFLW team, which takes out some of the male references in the lyrics and puts in some female ones, and it was a great interview. And it led up to the climactic moment where we're going to play the song for everybody. We're all ready to go. And uh, and uh, my my laptop let us down, frankly. But anyway, we've come back. We've got a, a new plan. Is it ready to roll, Jim? Yes, it is. I had it all up uh, <laughs> before you walked in, and then I touched something and it went away. So that's what happens. We're ready to go. When baby boomers do that. So uh, to make up for last week, if you were disappointed you didn't hear the song, uh, we've put it up on the on the uh, podcast now, so the song's part of the podcast. But let's play it now just to catch up. Give our very best But you can't beat the girls of the bulldog breed We're the team of the 
Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne invites you to join us on Saturday the 17th of February at midday at the State Library, Swanson Street, Melbourne to mark the 20th anniversary of the death in custody of Redfern teenager TJ Hickey. Honour the memory of TJ and the many deaths in custody families that now number more than 555 since the 1991 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. No one to date has been held responsible for these deaths. We demand end the practice of police investigating police and immediate implementation of all 339 recommendations of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. Come along Saturday 17th of February, midday at the State Library. Easter Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. So there, there was uh, Miss Fonato and uh, Daughters of the West. That's better. Hey, hey we're back. Yeah, Miss Fonato, Daughters of the West. So to make up for uh, playing about one second of the song last week, we've, we've played the whole thing. But it's a great version. I hope they keep that one and... Uh, and uh, play it after games when the Bulldogs have their wins. Hey, Jim, uh, I went to the blood bank yesterday. Did you? Yes, I did. It was my 107th donation. Well done. In my lifetime. Well done. I've slowed down a bit now. I used to give plasma. This is relevant, this little conversation. I used to give plasma, uh, which meant you could go every couple of weeks if you wanted to and uh, do the plasma thing. Because with plasma, they, uh, they take your blood out, remove the plasma from it, and then put most of it back in. So it's, right. uh, it's not such a bad thing. Uh, these days, I just give whole blood. But, um, so we'll do this as sort of a public service announcement. But when I got home, I looked at my uh, emails, and uh, there was a message uh, <laughs> uh, thanking me for donating blood, and a little message from Michael Klim, the famous Australian swimmer, um, there are actually photos of Michael Klim all over the blood bank up in Airport West where I went. Uh, so this is um, a, sort of a promotion that Michael Klim's leading. Let's see if it plays. G'day, Michael Klim here. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for donating. As someone who receives medicine made from donations, I can tell you that yours is absolutely life-changing for people like me. So please, keep up the good work. Cheers. G'day, Michael Klim. Now, once is enough. So, uh, Michael Klim, uh, he's 46 years old now. He was a swimmer. He was born in Poland, actually. But uh, Australian grew up. Um, he took up swimming uh, when he was at school because he, he fell through a window. Wow. And obviously, 
it's not a good thing falling through a window. You can uh, get quite a few injuries. So he w- it was recommended that he start swimming just to help him recover from whatever the injuries were from that, uh, that accident. And turns out he was one of Australia's best ever. Uh, he held a world record at one stage for uh, the butterfly. I think it might have been 100 metres butterfly. And he certainly won a couple of gold medals at uh, at the Sydney Olympic Games, uh, representing Australia in the uh, in the relays, two relays. But lots and lots of medals of all different colours at Olympic Games, Commonwealth Games, World Championships, and so on. So a bit of a legend. Um, at this stage of his life, though, he's not doing too well. He was diagnosed with a condition called chronic inflammatory polyneuropathy. Uh, and it just affects how well his arms and legs work. So he has, right. has, he has difficulty walking and he needs assistance and that sort of thing. Uh, he lives in Bali these days with his partner and, uh, and a couple of kids. But every month, I think, he comes back to Sydney uh, to get treatment, which is basically plasma, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, plasma infusions, which seem to help his condition a lot. Right. So that's why he's getting behind the blood bank and uh, encouraging people to uh, donate blood and plasma if possible because even famous athletes like him uh, are often in need of such such a thing. And that's you donating, John? Oh, well, yes. He won't get my plasma, he'll just, uh, but somebody will get my whole blood. Perhaps somebody who's had a car accident or something and they've lost a lot of blood, they'll get a bit of mine, which is... O positive, which is the one that's pretty useful for people. So there you go. So just encourage listeners to, uh, if you haven't been to the blood bank for a while, yeah, they're, they're, they're in need of it. Well said. So uh, what else is happening today? It's mostly, as I said, a music show. Um, we're going to, um, we've played one song already. Our guest is uh, a fellow called Dennis Carnahan. And... Uh, well, we, we could probably introduce uh, a little bit about who he is now. Yep. So Dennis Carnahan is a singer, guitarist, songwriter and sound engineer and performer. He won the Australian Busking Championship in 1988. He writes advertising jingles, pays music for pay TV, music for short films and TV shows, and he writes political parody songs. We'll introduce him more after the break when we get him on the line. Yeah, now, but I need to say, um, he's generously given us two passes, uh, two double passes, to the show we're going to be talking about. It's called Cricket the Musical, the show. It's on at Mimo Music Hall in St Kilda. I pronounce it Mimo. Some people say Memo, but you know the place. It's part of the RSL there in St Kilda. And the show's Saturday night, Cricket the Musical. Uh, We've got two double passes, which we can give away to... Any subscriber who wants to call in in the next half hour or so, I, I queued up uh, Leanne, who said there'll be someone to take the calls. And all they you need to do is uh, give us your full name, and I'll pass that name on to uh, Dennis and his manager, and they'll make sure that those names are on the door for a free double pass. They're standing tickets, so uh, Mimo's set up as a sort of a, a nightclub-y sort of thing with tables and chairs and things, but down the back near the bar... There's sort of room for dancing and standing, and that's where you will be. So if you can't stand for the whole show, it's probably not the best one for you. But uh, there you go, two double tickets there. And um, and uh, 
we'll do a couple of announcements and we might play one of Dennis's songs and then we'll get him on the line. What do you reckon? Sounds good. You might have heard about the Community Radio Plus app, but it's only when you start using it that you'll wonder how you lived without it. You can listen to us wherever you are, at home, work, driving, on public transport, gardening, protesting, or even in the bath. Just search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. Our favourite Texas singing cowboy, Charlie Crockett, returns to Melbourne this February for a huge night at the Forum. Charlie and his band, the Blue Drifters, will deliver another scorching night of timeless country classics and Wild West tales on February the 12th with country soul queen Emma Donovan. Charlie Crockett and Emma Donovan at the Forum in February. Good times. Tickets on sale now. Love Police is a 3CR supporter. Wildlife Victoria is a non-profit wildlife emergency response service dedicated to helping wildlife in need across Victoria. Our volunteers rescue and rehabilitate sick, injured and orphaned wildlife. If you see wildlife that may need our help, on the road, in your backyard or in the bush, please contact us immediately on 84007300. That's 84007300. To donate or to become a volunteer, visit wildlifevictoria.org.au. A 3CR supporter. Stay in your crease And if you arrogantly wander 
Right, so that was Dennis Carnahan. It's one of the songs I assume is from the uh, the show Cricket the Musical, and uh, we got Dennis on the line. Hello, Dennis. Yeah. See you there. I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, thank goodness for that. I always get anxious about it. My name's John. John Tate. We've been in oh, touch. Hello, John. And I'm here with James. He spoke to a second ago off air. James. How you going? <laughs> Good. We just listened to uh, Spirit in the Sky. No, it wasn't Spirit in the Sky, your version, which is called... Spirit of the Game. Spirit of the Game, sorry. But um, a parody of the Spirit in the Sky song by Norman Greenbaum. Yes. How does it work when you write a parody like that? Like, you're obviously using the music from somebody else that someone else owns, and you've done the lyrics. Do you need to get permission? How how do you organise that? Well, the Copyright Amendment Act of 2006 amends Part 48D of the, two, of the 1960 Copyright Act such that it is a fair dealing to amend and adapt a musical work for the purpose of parody and satire. Fantastic. So actually, it's a legitimate art form, and it's legitimised, like it's literally legitimised by being in the uh, Copyright Amendment Act. And that's what we do. We help legitimise it now just by playing it. Thank you. Our show is called uh, The Sporting Record, so we, uh, we like talking about sport, but it's a bit of a pun because we like talking about records and songs about sport. Wow. So, you're, to meet you. <laughs> your, so your thing is, seems to be sport, music, satire, a blend of all the three. Yes. So that's well. right up our alley. Fantastic. And I have, it, it did start, I have written heartfelt songs about sport, and I have spent most of my life, you know, taking the the mickey out of people who write heartfelt songs about sport but then i i kind of fell into doing it myself but uh sport and humor seem to go very well together because you know you follow a team in the afl with 18 teams 17 are going to lose so it's much more about dealing with loss than it is about winning <laughs> and um you know i follow team I'm, I'm a i'm a boy i'm born and raised in canberra so i'm a, yep. a child of the federation yep uh, very multicultural, follow any sporting code I can find. And um, I haven't had a lot of joy in the AFL, having just, I've actually just climbed aboard the Giants uh, when they, when, when Kevin Sheedy discovered the eastern suburbs, the western suburbs yes. of Sydney, which was, no one had ever seen them before. Kevin built the bridge, bang, there's a new team. Um, and was very disappointed in 2019. And much the same with the Canberra Raiders in the, uh, in the league. They haven't won for a long time. And 2019, they were done. Cricket brings a little bit more joy than football codes. Well, coming from north of the border, I assumed you'd be all about uh, rugby league. And our rugby league uh, expert isn't here today. Uh, they're in <laughs> Singapore. So you've just got well, James and me, who are Mexicans through and through. Well, there's, there's a line that's been proposed by the Batuta Advocate called <laughs> the Barassi Line, which yes. runs basically from the coast around Wollongong, sort of southeast. Um, Southwest, sorry, and it cuts through Canberra, cuts through Wagga, cuts through Juni, you know, Albury, Wodonga. It goes down that way and then joins the Victorian border. And if you're if you're south of the Barassi line, you can be you can be both. But uh-huh. if you're on the sorry, if you're on the line, you can be both. So Juni, Wagga, um, famous for a breeding ground for AFL and league. They don't see a difference. Well, the Danahers would agree with you, I think. Uh, I remember we took uh, uh, James, as, pa- as far as being uh, my co-partner on the radio show, is also my son. So when they were little kids, uh, we had a little holiday in Canberra, and uh, our room wasn't quite ready, so they said, I'll oh, just go wait down in the, in the bar 
right? So we took our two little kids. Do you remember this, James? No, I don't. We took our two little kids down to the bar to wait. And, uh, and it was uh, finals time. And on the TV, the big TV, they, for some reason, were showing an AFL uh, semi-final or something. But it really wasn't going down very well in the bar. You know, people were very abusive and talking about uh, <laughs> you know, swearing and, and talking about, uh, what do they call it? They call the game, I don't know, something. So it was quite uncomfortable with our two little kids in this bar in Canberra with the footy on and it wasn't being well received. It's funny because Canberra actually has a very strong AFL tradition. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, I mean, the, oh, what's his name? Like, I'm trying to think of the name of the player of the century. He's, he's the co- captain coach of Ainsley Footy Club. was a really strong club. Um, East Lakes, um, Jezelenko, you beauty. Oh, yeah. The Canberra boy right, from East Lakes Club. Um, played, he played Union and AFL, but just his his screamers had more application in <laughs> AFL than they did in, uh, in Union, so he switched. Now, your previ- you've done lots of things. I was reading your biography. It's incredible. Uh, but your previous musical was Rugby League, the musical. Is that right? Yeah, Rugby League, the musical. Because Rugby League, I think this is what people from the South don't understand. Rugby League's not so much a sport as a pantomime. You've got to <laughs> okay. think about professional wrestling in the US. That right, There's like a spectrum. And professional wrestling is like, you know, you've got Night at the Proms is on one end, then you've got pantomime, then you've got wrestling, then you've got rugby league. And it's, it's right up there, the villains, the heroes, particularly the villains and the controversies and the, the betrayals. It's just so full of it. It's so political and so Machiavellian. It's great fun. It's hysterical fun. Um, so great material for you. Constant. And that, that show, basically every year I do a new show because there's always new material. There's always new controversies and, uh, and treachery involved. <laughs> but, but, but cricket has much... Cricket has the same, but cricket has so much more a rich and textured history of controversy. And the last 12 months has just been such fertile material. So that's led to you doing a cricket version, yeah? Yeah, I've started the cricket version a few years ago, just doing a little, you know, off-Broadway kind of thing, but it's um, it's growing. And the thing about Rugby League, the musical, it has an appeal in Sydney, Brisbane, two suburbs of Auckland and three towns in the north of England. <laughs> Whereas uh, cricket, you've got, you've got Australia, you've got New Zealand, you've got South Africa, you've got England, and then you've got India. And no. uh, I don't know if you've heard of India. There's 1.6, I think, billion of them. And we're in Australia maybe... 20% of the people follow cricket a bit. In India, the whole lot of them are just nuts about it. So there could be a world tour on the cards if things go well. That's the plan, yes, if things go well. That's a big if. <laughs> I heard one of your songs, which I thought was hilarious, uh, called That's in Queensland. And a couple yeah. of weeks ago, we were talking about the whole state of origin thing here, and we were trying to get M to explain to us, you know, how do you qualify and that's exactly what that song's about. And I believe you've got a cricket version of it as well. Well, yeah, so the cricket version, at, at the moment, most of the English cricket team is actually English, except for the captain and the coach, who have completely <laughs> changed the way they're playing. So they've got a New Zealand coach and New Zealand captain who have just redefined it. And they've come in with such hubris, with such arrogance, and we, are, we have reinvented cricket and we are... <laughs> 
the best things in the world and we can't we won't have anyone saying negative things and if we lose it's because the other team's not playing in the spirit of the game as that last song said or because the technology's faulty they blame the technology in India and when you when you're touring foreign country and you lose and you suggest that you know at worst um, or, or at best, their technology is faulty. At worst, they're corrupt. You just can't do it. And you sit there accusing them of not being in the spirit of the game, and then you do that. So I'm, there's so much material. <coughs> Pardon me. But a few years ago, the English team, seven of them, were from South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had to do a version of that. So the song's called... Uh... That's in England. That's in England. All right. Um, yeah. So people come along to the show at Memo Hall. I call it Memo Music Hall. Some people call it Memo I, Music Hall. I correctly, it's Memo. Yeah, yeah right. so I was right. Yeah. Um, so people come along on Saturday night. Uh, what will they get? Well, it's a, it's a one-man show, but what they'll get, they'll get a lot of characters singing about the game. So they'll... The show opens, I sing a song called Cricket the Musical that sets up the premise that cricket is, in fact, the greatest musical of all. It just doesn't have music. <laughs> and so with people, I need the people in the crowd to sing along. There's words up on screen for a lot of it. There's videos from most of the songs so that people who aren't cricket fans will actually get the gags. Um, but then the next segment's presented by the MCC, Marleybone Cricket Club, who they own the, they literally own the rules of cricket. So they come out and discuss how wonderful England is. And the next character is a, a fellow called Channel 9, who's a little bit jaded because uh, he doesn't have the cricket anymore and he had it for 40 years. So he maligns the current broadcasters. And um, following him, who have we got? 1982 comes out to discuss how much better cricket was in 1982 than it is now and how much more character there was. And finally, the spirit of the game comes out in the third person to answer critics because there's been so much criticism of the way of the spirit of cricket over the last year. So he comes out to put his foot down and say what, what it really is about. So a few of the songs. Uh, Mitchell, Bring Back Your Moustache, is that in the show? <laughs> yes, it is, because that, that was um, one of the big ones. I wrote that because that, <laughs> the key line in that, we know catches win matches, but tashes win ashes. <laughs> and... His turnaround in form all came when he grew that moustache and that the whole 5 nil whitewash where he was on fire all came from the power of that moustache. So it obviously had to be a tribute to that. All right. Now, uh, thank you for giving us two uh, passes, two double passes. Um, so hopefully uh, some of our subscribers can ring up and, and claim those. And put them on Go the, for it. We'll put them on the door. Um, good luck for the show. We're going to play... Um, Roll it down the wicket. Now, a little Elf, bit of history there. Is there? Or really quickly fill us in? Um, well, you, you'll, you'll probably know the history of uh, a certain mm. game in Melbourne in the early 80s. Which, uh, uh, the Chapel Brothers, the younger Chapel Brothers, had a little bit of a brain snap. And um, it was against New Zealand. New Zealand still haven't forgiven Australia for it. No. Um, our theme song is the John Fogarty song, Centrefield. So um, oh. this is a nice bookend to the show to, to play another... John Fogarty-inspired song. Yeah, well, I'm sure John Fogarty would love cricket. Good luck Saturday night. Thanks for giving us the time. And, no worries. Uh, Thanks and for having me. It sounds like a riot. Well, I hope to see you there. Thanks, Dennis. Australia.
Australia played New Zealand in Melbourne. Australia batted first, the Kiwis had to chase. Oh, they needed six to draw off the very last ball. With Brian McKechnie facing, there was just no way. Greg Chappell had a brain explosion. He turned to his brother and told him to roll it, roll it, roll it down the wicket. No one on the field could believe it. Both the Kiwi batsmen tried to complain. Rodney Marsh said no, mate. By then it was too late. It weren't against the rules, just the spirit of the game. Greg Chappell had a brain disgusting episode that I could recall in the history of cricket, a game which used to be played by gentlemen. If you go across to New Zealand, I bet you're gonna find Kiwis who still whine. They're still feeling but hurt rightly. Chapel got off lightly. McKechnie 